Marita Shaker, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today. We're at the Digital Revolution and its Futures Symposium. Um, you began by talking about your election and, and how you went about it on no budget, but, but just sort of an, an e-campaign with your friends and getting everybody together. Yeah, that's what it was like precisely. Um, I was already engaged in a number of networks, both online and offline. I used to run my own business, so I had set up a few young professionals networks. Uh, I was engaged in a lot of these you know, debating uh, clubs and networks of young people who thankfully all thought it was a good idea that I would run for the European Parliament because a network may as well become your biggest critic if they think it's a bad idea. And so I basically continued to use uh, social media and new media as I always had, but with the purpose of informing people and being informed by people on uh, where people thought the European elections were going and what our, our stake should be. And once there in the European Union, you saw the potential to unite people horizontally. You saw that organisations were structured vertically, mm-hmm. and particularly in relation to healthcare. You, you set about setting up a horizontal uh, intergroup of, of civil servants, business, um, EU politicians. Why did you think that was necessary? Well, I thought there was a clear gap between uh, the vertical structures, as you mentioned. Uh, most of the policy making and the thinking is done in the committees, which are clearly uh, set by boundaries. For example, the Environment Committee or the um, Research and Technology Committee. But new media, more than anything, are horizontal matter, which touch upon a number of issues in a yeah in an interactive way. So sometimes a change. Um, in, um, let's say, uh, electronic health uh, dossiers on patients can lead to a number of different decisions when it comes to um, internal domestic affairs. So you have to connect the dots, really. And this is what I thought should happen. And I also believe that in political institutions, democratic institutions such as the European Parliament, is often too closed off from civil society, from the business community. And this intergroup is a nice way to uh, connect people. And you talked about empowering citizens, empowering people, or the electorate, if you like. But, but you believe it is changing democracy and democracies and freedoms. How? Well, there's more than ever, there's an opportunity for citizens to speak up, uh, to make their voice be heard, but also to connect with other people behind a cause. And whether these other people are in China or in uh, uh, the block uh, down the road, uh, these new technologies allow for insight into others who share the same concerns and to uh, build uh, vocal vocal groups and to share best practices and to really uh, yeah, engage bottom-up. And I think this has been the empowering impact that new media have had. And, and you don't think I- in a way that, that in fact there's too much new media. It sort of overpowers us as well as being empowering, that, that, that in fact we, we drown in, in information. You talked about uh, you know, a, a Turkish airline tragedy, people via Twitter sent their, their photographs, but isn't there an issue of authenticity of information too? Well, this turned out to be um, hot news, the fact that this airplane had crashed, but um, I think that there are a number of issues that are not really reported by the traditional media, which people are interested in. After all, it is a marketplace of ideas. So if somebody puts out a podcast or a message on Twitter that nobody cares about, then there won't be an audience for it. But if the person still wants to continue to do it, I mean, that's fine. Uh, But you also see the reverse, where uh, a young woman from the Netherlands who has a winery in a remote 
area in the Netherlands, has become one of the most popular people on Twitter because her observations are so sharp and so clever. And uh, without Twitter, she could have never gotten that audience and she almost became a celebrity and it's really changed her life I think but also her view is a very new view I mean who knows how a small entrepreneur from that area of the country thinks about things if it was not for these new media communication platforms. And you talked about responsibility in this digital new media age to a global age where you thought the EU should have a responsibility with the rest of the world didn't you because you know we talked about China there are blocks put on the internet access to information isn't the same you talked about particularly women and, and how you know giving women information in some societies is very controversial. Mm-hmm. Well we see that the struggle for human rights is moving online and if the EU wants to be a credible global player and if we actually say that we're a community of values it means that we have to consider these new media the digital impact on fundamental freedoms and human rights not only look at the risks which are real censorship Uh, surveillance technologies that are used to track down people, to arrest them, to limit their freedoms and their freedom of expression, but also to use the new opportunities to spread information to women on issues that might be taboo in a country. So, for example, sexual reproductive health rights or um, other information that can be crucial for uh, changing societies and empowering women to learn about their own rights, which perhaps their governments don't want to share with them but which should be accessible to them because these are their rights. And, and just finally, uh, this top-down um, information, you know, is society is never going to be the same again. You know, everybody has access to us and to politicians too. But you said that policymaking is always a step behind, if not five steps behind. Why? Well, the pace with which policies are made is clearly not in sync with the pace with which technologies are developing. And this is a real challenge. And so I think the best answer to this is that governments should not try to regulate every specific aspect of technological developments because we will always be one step behind. We do have to be firm on the fundamental values which provide the framework within which these technologies can develop. And so uh, it requires a different perspective and an understanding of the impact of technologies on these fundamental freedoms. But uh, I'm surely not in favor of a government that's trying to uh, over-regulate. I think the beauty of uh, new media and the empowerment of of the uh, greater public lies in an organic process in which opportunities are are, uh, so many and they should not be hampered by uh, over regulating and a a pile of rules. So finally, you are an optimist that we can overcome these problems? Yes, of course. Marietje Schaka, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today, The Digital Revolution and Its Futures. Thank you. You're welcome. It was a pleasure.